Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Monday night, and uh, I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity to see if I can do the Parsha now. Um, may have a busy week. Um, I hope to be this weekend, by the way, scholar in residence in New York in five towns in Lawrence, the basement of Lawrence. I'll uh, give out more information about that later if anybody's in the five towns area and wants to come <clears throat> this coming Shabbos. Um, but meanwhile, today we're going to look at the Parsha by Echi. And uh, it's being sponsored by my good friend now, uh, Professor Marcus, Al Marcus, out in Minnesota. And he says it's in honor of my son, Ariel Yonason's Upcoming engagement. Oh, look at that. And for some other nice things over here, Haredi Haskala. <laughs> and the unity of the Jewish people. May the blessing of the Messianic era, peace, health, and abundance come speedily upon us. That's a very pious wish. But Mazel Tov to the Marcus family out there in the Midwest. Um, I'll also uh, say that I'm also dedicating this to... Uh, Right, Rottenberg, my Rebbe, who's uh, right now in the ICU and, the, and not feeling well. So uh, he needs a full shlema. And uh, we pray that he'll get that. And now to work. We're looking at Parsha Vayichi, which is already very, uh, I mean, I've done from many angles, I'm sure. I don't remember what it is in the past. But very oracular and very, seems to me anyway. All I can ever tell you what seems to me. Some people like it, some people don't like it. I can only tell you what seems to me. And you see this very enigmatic, hidden meanings, like a Chinese puzzle, like what's going on over here. A lot of these sentences cannot be translated well. Rashi, often in this week's Parsha, especially when it comes to the blessings of Yaakov, things like that, gives these midrashic interpretations. In other words, I'll be drush, and never I'll be regular. And I mean, not right, never, but you know, some regular. And you know, you switch to Arya Kaplan, he's all over the place. Meaning the Mepharshim all over the place. <laughs> and a lot of Dublon Tundras and very interesting things, it seems to me, in the messages, for example. You know, what I do is I do Shlamik Vechotargo, and when I'm doing it, I'm reading, so therefore, that's what catches my attention. That's basically how I do this. You know, if I see a Pasuk or something seems a little bit out of the way, or, uh, the, you know, something unusual about it, or jarring even better, then maybe I'll make a mental note to, to think about it or speak about it in the context of a podcast or something like that. <clears throat> so when I was doing it, Shnai Mikra today, it just struck me, for example, that um, here's a very enigmatic pasuk. The Yaakov says, I'll give Ephraim and I'll give you an extra portion. Right? Now Rashi and the other say Shechem means a chalik. But other um, portion say it means the city of Shechem, which of course was part of Ephraim, I think. So, in other words, they got the town or the district of Shechem. But what's the language over here? You know, the language is, it seems to me, is very weird. Because he says, where is it now? 
This is, let's get this straight. So he's speaking to Joseph, the father, after he blessed the sons. I'm going to be gone, Yaakov says, but God will eventually bring you back to Israel. What does that mean? I gave you? I mean, when did he give him? You understand? So someone is saying when he said, Ephraim and Menashe, but where is it? It's like strange, you know. Why does he say I give you another chalik and therefore you'll have thirteen instead of twelve? He says, That's the city of Shechem, <laughs> right? Uh, well, no, it's not exactly true. Shechem was a chivi, you see. So what's Shati Amori? Okay. Um, so some learn, you know, Rashi wants to say. But yeah, it's Midrash, you know, from Asa who acted like an Amori or something like that. You know, it it's it, it it sounds weird. Now I'll tell you, and you know, the Ramban also, you know, the, the classic abortion, you know, go go that way. Um, but I'll tell I'll tell you what it sounds like. First of all, it's very interesting because he's talking to Yosef. He said, I'm going to give you and your descendants Shechem. Uh, who is Yosef married to? Who is the mother of Ephraim and Menashe? It's Osnas. If you go with the Mahal, you know, it's not clear who she is. Pashim Shad is she's an Egyptian princess. So get over it. But the non Pashim Shad, the famous Pirker of Lazar, that we all heard ever since we were kids, that she's the daughter of Dina. Um, so in other words, Yosef didn't marry a Egyptian girl, um, which would be problematic in its own way. I mean, those we all descend from Egypt. Uh, but instead, he married a Jewish girl. I, but it's adopted. You know this menace, right? So basically, it's the rape of Dina. And then the story goes something like uh, she was so ashamed or whatever that they sent the baby when the baby was born. Said I'd be a baby whose father was Shem, the prince of of of, uh, of the town. Um, you know, Hachivi, who was killed by the brothers, of course. And the son of Hamor and others. And um, so the baby ends is, is sent away with a locket, you know, like one of these movies, and, you know, eventually Yosef sees the locket. In Egypt, that's how the Medish goes, and then he found out who she is, and he married her, okay? Uh, it's a little strange to say that Pharaoh gave, you know, the, Yosef, Poti, uh, Asnath, the daughter of Potiphar, the priest of Om, because it would mean that Yosef had to maneuver, you understand? In other words, I repeat what I just said. Yosef was the prince of Egypt, the viceroy. And they say, bonus so, so short. So the girls all looked at him when he drove in the street. Okay, I get that. And they threw lockets at him. Let's go with that story from the Picker of Lezer. And he saw one locket. <laughs> Let's put it this way. And he opened the locket. I mean, that's just a funny business. Uh, Suppose girl, Yosef is a firm guy. What's he, and, and you know, girls are throwing them their addresses. I think I saw this once in Saudi Arabia, they do this, you know, that's like considered risque behavior. The girls will throw their, their addresses or phone numbers, you know, into the boys' neighborhood. So Joseph was the viceroy. They think he's a guy, of course, Prince of Egypt. And they all throw their, their lockets. I mean, they're, you know what I mean? When I say lockets, I mean, you know, the, uh, 
thing around their neck. And he's opening them up. <laughs> so here's Yosef coming home from a long day's work with uh, 500 uh, pieces of jewelry, each one with a girl's name and address on it. And he goes back in the palace and opens it up. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I maybe was interested just to see who it was. Just doesn't fit our picture of who Yosef was. And the story goes, not me, it's not my story, it's in, in Pricker Blazer, uh, which is a real madrish, that, you know, he saw it's uh, it's Dina's daughter, Jewish girl. Uh, it's only some, it's a case of rape, it's a Jewish girl. I mean, it's his, let's put it this way, it's his sister, his daughter. And so he said, well, I'm going to find that out. And he sends his spies out to find out which girl was it that sent this. And it's Osnos. And then that means, if you follow the story through the Medish, follow to its logical conclusion, as far as I'm aware, I mean, I, I don't think it says anything different in the, in the Medish. Yosef then had to go and tell Pharaoh, who's this girl, Osnos, you know? And so, oh, she's the daughter of uh, Potiphar Koino. Do you want to marry her? I could have fixed that up. In which case, Yosef was the one, the, the, the verse is misleading. It's not that Pharaoh gave him the daughter of the high priest of of Egypt, but that uh, Yosef expressed an interest in her because he saw the locket. And then, you know, Pharaoh, good shotgun that he was, made the shit happen, as we'd say. You understand? No, as he called in Potiphar and Potiphar, and he said like this, uh, I want your daughter to marry the new viceroy. And they didn't say nothing. They said, okay. You see? Uh, it's a wild story, but that's what they say. Now, there is other Mahalchim also. I mean, I just want to be clear about this. According to some, you know, Dina ended up here, Dina there, her daughter ended up somewhere else, but I'm going with this famous mindset. So if that's the case, so you have this guy named Yosef. He's married to Dina's daughter. The, the, fa the, the father of this daughter, in other words, Yosef's, the biological father of Yosef's wife, not the adoptive father. Potiphar is the adoptive father. The biological father is Shechem. Hachivin Nesiaris. Um, and Shechem, of course, was the one who raped Dina. And by the time the story's over, he's killed by the brothers, along with the rest of the town. Uh, and that was when Yosef was still living back at home. Uh, I mean, here's a good question. Was Yosef part of the killers? You get what I'm saying? Notice he was a nar, but you know, it says that they stripped the dead and all that they took the booty. I mean, was Yosef one of them? Probably so. I mean, I guess. So it's Mamash, a strange story. And they dragged Dina away. Some the Medrash Rabbah says they had to drag her away because she wanted to stay with Shem. And, you know, so notice the whole thing was a scandal. And now, and meanwhile, Yaakov was, you know, the passive one. He's the one who said, you know, and now he's addressing at the end of his life, Yosef. And Yosef's wife, who is Yaakov's granddaughter. Uh, it was a source of shame, apparently. Yaakov's granddaughter. It's the reason I say it's a source of shame. That's why they sent, they sent the baby home, away from the house. That's how she ended up in Egypt, according to the Picker of Lazar. So here's Yaakov Avinu meeting his granddaughter, whose very presence was a source of shame. that they send her away. But now he meets her because she's the wife of his favorite son. And not only that, the most powerful of the son, sons, 
who is Anochi Achalkelechem, Vestabchem, he is the boss of the Jews. He's the one supplying them with everything in Egypt. Um, you know, it says, Vestach Yisrael Rosh Amita, Talabid Nesagidle. Even Yaakov acknowledged that this is Joseph's moment. Well, if it's Joseph's moment, it's also Joseph's wife's moment, it's his wife and children's moment. These are the children of, of uh, Shechem. So it seems to me, you know, I don't know, I'm, I haven't seen anybody say it, where I'm giving you the city of Shechem because it actually belongs to you. I'm talking to your children, to Ephraim and Asha. They are the, the children of Shechem, the grandchildren of Shechem. So what does that mean? It says it should say I'm not sure, uh, but I know one thing, and so do you. Ya- it makes no sense. Yaakov did not fight them, as we all know. I mean, if you follow the story that says back in Parshas, whatever, by Yishlach or something, Yaakov did not fight them. Shimon and Levi went and did it. Uh, now, you could interpret it. I mean, you can always interpret it. You get what I'm saying? Notice, you can always figure out a separate shot. I'm trying to be as straightforward in my own mind and share it with you as possible, which I don't think we usually do. Because, you know, you right away look at Rashi, you see the Midrash, and that's it. So, yeah, listen well. You know, Shem uh, raped Dina. Then the brothers wiped out the city, including Yosef, as I said. Wiped out the city. And then what happened? So the Pusik says, Notice the Chivi didn't take them on. They were wiped out over there. But the Armasher Sivusehem, the neighboring Canaanite peoples, were stricken with the fear of God and they didn't attack the Bnei Yaakov. I get it. There is, however, a very famous Medrash, probably spurious, that the Ramban, I remember from memory, quotes, and Ramban says, if it's true, then there was a whole war, because there is something called the Sefer Yashar, which uh, is not really a Medrash, but you know, it's one of those spurious things out there. It's always had like an ambiguous uh, status. And there they discuss in detail the battles that Yaakov and his children had against the Arabs. In other words, despite the fact it says no Chumash, there was like a naze. And even though they wiped out an entire Arab town, the other Arabs didn't do anything. But really, 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 they did do something. I'm not exactly sure what that message comes from, but I'll tell you what I think. The the, the famous message, which, again, the Ramban refers to as a maybe, and I've seen it, I've seen the message, talks in, in, in a fair great detail Um about the battle, you know, Yehuda did this, and 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 Don did that, you know, it describes quite a battle. Where did that menace come from? You know, saying, knows why would a menace pop up? I repeat, it's not in the it's not in the Gemara, it's not in the Menish Rabba, Menish Nachum, anything like that. But still, why would something like that pop up if the Pusik says they were not attacked? Where would you get the idea they're attacked? The answer, my friends, is the Parsha today. The Pusik today, I'm calling your attention to. Where it says, That Yaakov's like this. I did have to fight. At least it seems that way. I did have to fight. I had to take out my weapons, my sword and my bow. 
and battle the Amori, that's the neighboring people of the Chivishchem, I didn't have to fight them. They were wiped out in a surprise attack by my children. But the other towns, like the Amori, went and, and you know, launched a major war against us, and we had a t- tough time. We won, okay? And as a result, I ended up with a, with, with, with a piece of land which we won by conquest. Now, let's put it this way. If the town was wiped out the way it's described, then who became the owner? I guess the shot is whoever conquered it. I mean, that's how it worked in the old days. Whoever conquers an area or wipes it out takes it over. And so Yaakov is saying, me, myself, and I, uh, let me rephrase this. As Klal Yisrael, we own all of Eretz Yisrael. And that's coming up in the time of Moshe Rabbeinu or Yoshua Benun. So that's that. But there's a separate Zach called specific pieces of land that the Ovas purchased during their lifetime. Isn't that right? So the Mars Machpelah, for example, comes to mind. And uh, doesn't it say that Yaakov bought a piece of land outside of Shechem or something like that? You know, um, which some say is what he's referring to over here. But why would we talk about Chalkasa? You talk about the whole town. It sounds like, and he didn't fight for it, but so it sounds like Yaakov is saying, and he's discussing this with Yosef specifically, because Yosef's married to the daughter of Shechem, the guy named Shechem. And he's saying, I'm, I'm giving you Shechem. This is separate from what the other brothers get. When you come there to Israel, you'll draw lots, you'll have the Goral, you'll have all this other stuff. Rav, 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 you tend, you know, the, the more tribes get, the more populous tribes get more, and the other ones get less. And so forth. But from that, there's going to be Shechem. And Shechem caused me to fight big wars. And because it says, talks about big wars, I think that's where this, this Medrash of the Sefer Yosha comes from. Um, Rashi and Chazal, as you know, look at it in a much more straightforward way than, than I am, a much more, much less complex way than I am right now. And they say, Bechar Bekashti has to be for Betfila, Beusi, Betsalusi. Notice they say, like this, there is no Cher Bekashtes in the literal sense. It's a davening. By the way, it's a nice shot that the Iker weapon of the Klai Yisrael is the davening. I mean, you know, that's that's a nice vort. Um, but if you go, I'm giving you a Shechem, which I took from the Amori with a Kharbi and a Kashi, then I had a major war. And uh, it's something that I conquered through through war. Um, and I defended it against all comers. So then it's it's very, uh, what should I say, not ironic, but it's uh, it kind of brings the, the, it sort of brings the uh, Shechem episode, uh, I won't say to a conclusion, but it kind of revives it. Let me say this. Where's Dino? Okay. Uh, who who would be the the mother-in-law of Yosef as well as his sister? Hear what I just said? Sounds like Mishnah is in Yavomus. But she is his sister as well as his mother-in-law. Agreed? Agreed? So, and I want to make the point that it says in last week's Parsha that Kol HaNefesh HaBom Mitzrayim Yaakov the ace Dino Bito. If they take the trouble to tell you Dino is still there. Um, which is interesting because last we heard of Dino, 
they were schlepping away from the town of Shechem. Um, you know, so think about this for a minute. In other words, there's a huge story here, which is not told. That's what I mean when I say it's enigmatic. There's a huge story here in my mind. Uh, here's Dina. And uh, let's say she married to Shimon or something. Uh, you know, uh, there's different midrash on what exactly happened to her. Uh, but here's Dina. And uh, she's coming down to Egypt with the others. But here's Dina Bito. And uh, guess what? She is the mother of the princess. If Joseph is the top dog, she is the top dogette, whatever you call it, dogette. Uh, he is the viceroy of Egypt, and she's the wife. She's the mother of his children. Dina is the mother of the mother of the uh, 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 of the viceroy. You know what I mean, the Mrs. Viceroy. Actually, in England, I think they called the vicereen. Uh, so she's the mother of the vicereen. Um, all of a sudden, Dina has a high status. Okay, Dina has a high status. Now listen closely. She's been wronged. Uh, even the Chazal say that Dina has been wronged, but the Chazal take a different angle which you know very well. They say, why was it that Yaakov was punished with the rape of his daughter? In other words, the shame of the rape of his daughter, because he wouldn't marry Dina off to, to Asaph. Okay? So in other words, Dina has been, what's the right word, uh, misused, manipulated, something like that, you know, improperly treated, um, and, and has no compensation, uh, because she's a girl, she didn't get any land. Uh, the boys all end up with Chalokim. They know that they're destined, eventually, that at least their progeny will come back to Eretz Yisrael, and each one will get a chalik of Eretz Yisrael. Reuben, Shimon, Levi, Yehudi, Sochri, Zvon, Don, Naftali, etc. They all get a chalik of Eretz Yisrael. Dina will get zip. Uh, so, let me get this straight. They messed her up by not marrying off to Esau. They messed her up with the parsha about Shechem. And certainly was a mess up for her. And now she's also going to get in her land. What a bummer. Wrong. Actually, Dina's... That's not true. Dina gets Shechem. You hear what I just said? Dina was married. Well, she wasn't married. She was raped by Shechem. The reward, which was a terrible thing, as a compensation, her descendants get Shechem. <laughs> hear that you know th that's her compensation so to speak uh, you know Shem tried th th took advantage of her and so on and so forth without going into the details of that story uh, she becomes the one she becomes the one whose uh, grandchildren Prime Menasha, end up owning or son-in-law if you would prefer because Yaakov was talking to Yossi specifically the territory of Shechem. Okay? Uh, so, I get it that it belongs to Yosef. That is true. But it's uh, through Dina. Uh, through what happened to Dina. And Dina's wife is the mother of Ephraim and Menashe. So, whatever Yosef gets, he gets through his progeny, which he gets through Dina's daughter. I think it's kind of cool. Uh, and I and if what I'm saying is true, and I think it is, no, so what I said before, I'm basing on the version you find in the Pick of Lezer. If that's true, you have a major drama over here. When Yaakov is trying to uh, deal with unfinished business, uh, when he says, 
I buried your mother along the way. Obviously, this was an elephant on the table. This was unfinished business. He's afraid Yosef might not. They, by the way, you know, goes in this old Aritha's. Uh, uh, you'd be surprised. The precious Drachem. I remember seeing it years ago in the Mishnah Melch, the precious Drachem, maybe in the first or second Russia. He's a gansa business on this. You know, in his famous uh, sermon or, or pilpalistic Drasha about whether the Ovas had a din of uh, Yisrael or B'nai Noach. So he had a whole Arichas on this. And um, maybe I spoke about it earlier years. I don't remember. And um, Yaakov was worried about what Yosef's going to, you know, think of him since he didn't bury Rachel in the Mars Palace. He has to explain, you know, Mesel Rachel, Boba, Kivrasar's Love of and so forth. Well, if he's worried about Yosef's feelings about Yosef's mother, he said, then he's also worried, you can say he's also worried about Mrs. Yosef's feeling about her mother. <laughs> okay? Was when, what, what happened to my mother, Dina, for all the junk that she was put through? And Yaakov was saying over here, no, don't worry. He said, the land of Shechem is not even going to be part of Chalukah. It's going to your children because they already acquired it. I already acquired it on my own through the conquest. Nobody's, you know, hanging around there. And uh, it could be, incidentally, it could be that the reason they go to tell you about the big funeral of Yaakov, in which it makes a point of saying, I don't know if you noticed this. I noticed it while I was laying, while I was doing the Shnai Mikorek Talmud, Targum. Uh, if you know, it says that the B'nai Canaan or something like that saw the big funeral. And they, like, who cares? You know, you understand? The Chumash tells you so little. When they tell you something, each point, that's how we believe. Each point's got to be some big reason, Okay. So when it says, uh, they made a big hesped there. That the Canaanites saw this big funeral. What is this, a travelogue? No, you, you, you're telling me that the reason this Pasuk tells you that the Canaanites saw the funeral of Yaakov is so you'll understand the reason for the place name, geography of this place, Alva Mitzrayim, which is the Pashtun Shah, we don't believe like that. That's ridiculous. Must be up to something to it. I think, I mean, because I'm in this train of thought, seems to me they don't settle Shechem or something. You know what I mean? Was, they see the way Yaakov is held in big esteem. And uh, they saw Yaakov as a big deal. And therefore, the area of Shechem, which he wiped out, they leave alone. And when the Jews come back, you know, they take it over. Uh, and it's not like fighting for the other ta- other towns. After looking book of Yeshua, that works out. But I think it does. Uh, in which case, look at all the bit, all the idea of unfinished business. That might be a theme of this whole parsha. Because later on, when Yaakov dies, the brothers say Yosef is going to get us for unfinished business. Lou used to make Yosef. Yosef was a gemulah shegemal You know, it's all about unfinished business. In other words, let's put it this way. Families are families, even the greatest. And things can happen. And uh, a person wants to put everything right, especially when they're facing, you know, oil and Even the biggest tzaddikim, you want to put everything right if you can. If you can. And the case of Yaakov, you say, well, Yaakov's a, a tzaddik. That is true, <laughs> obviously. But he had unfinished stuff to 
fix up. Um, he had to worry about what Yosef thinks about where he buried his mother. He has to worry, apparently, about the Dina situation. He has to worry where he'll be buried. You know, you know, on Nosek, bring him in And uh, the brothers have to worry about the fact, I mean, when Yaakov dies, without ever having settled the, 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 the Joseph um, uh, story, because, you know, otherwise the brothers wouldn't have said, Luis Tomeni Yosef. I mean, let me put it this way. Why didn't Yaakov, in his blessing over here, why didn't Yaakov simply say, listen, I want you all to make up, and whatever happened by Yosef had to happen, and I'm telling you as your father, as one of the Yavos, put this behind you, or so- something along those lines. Right? I mean, isn't that missing from the story? Uh, instead, Yaakov talks about their qualities and things like this. He doesn't address, you know, the issue itself. Uh, so, therefore, you end up with the idea of trying to, to clean up unfinished business. And it seems to me, anyway, like I said before, you see this very clearly with the Dina business and the Shem, and the idea that the Bnei Yaakov, the Bnei Kanan, see things along these lines. And uh, and some other places as well. Now, you're going to laugh at what I'm about to say. This is all supposed to be just the introduction of what I really wanted to say, which was something else about the Parsha. But I see where all my, where I, did. <laughs> I ran through my, my time. So uh, let's call this the Parsha podcast for this week. If, by any weird possibility, I come back and I'll, I'll deal with the other subject. But meanwhile, I think this itself is... Um, an example, to my mind, of have to sort of mine, almost geologically, all the psukim, that you get something in the Torah, especially when it seems like something's a little unusual or strange, and you have to locate it within the larger historical context, I mean the history that the Chazal tell us, like in the Pirkei of Lesnar and elsewhere. Um, anyway, once again, I want to repeat that I want to thank the Marcuses and Mazeltov to them, out there in Minneapolis, and I also want to end by expressing that Riosev Nachman Bashava, Riosev Rottenberg should have a full shlem in the hospital. And with that, I wish you a good week. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com